tired a little bit? No. Okay. So I promise you're not going to get tired. This is going to be a great session. First of all, my name is TJ. Um, I'm with the church in Sacramento called District Church, and we're uh, Ark Partner Church. We're about three years old. Uh, we're big fans of Ark. We love Ark. They are our family. And uh, and so the t- today's not about me. I just want you to know who I was. I'm introducing a guy today. Um, his name is Dan Reed. He's from a church called Faith Church, right? Faith Church. And I actually play. I was telling you this. I played. Um, I used to be a musician. I still am, but I don't actually play anymore. And I, used to, I played at his church 20 years ago with his dad as the pastor there. So anyway, would you guys please give it up for Dan Reeve today? How's it going, everybody? Good. Do you all have enough coffee? No. No? You can never have enough coffee? It's by this time that you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of, your head is spinning from information, you're inspired, and yet you also kind of have to press, like, you know, one hand, look what we can do, you know, on the other hand, oh no, look how far we have to go um, uh, on that, but I just want, want this time also just to be really, really practical um, on that, and uh, it wasn't too long ago, I was, I, I was in a group, and um, this is my wife, Lindsay, by the way, right here, she just interviewed in the women's panel, did phenomenal. And uh, we're, 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 I was in a group, and we we're talking about kids. How many, how many parents do we have in the room here? Now, I'm talking about kids, and your kids are awesome, but there's also challenges. There's different ages and different times, and so we're kind of, you know, we're talking, and there was this one person who, who kept talking about, you know, well, you know, my little ones, my little ones. And so finally, I forget who it was, asked them, you know, so what, like, how many kids do you have? And she's like, no, I, I don't have any kids. I have two little dogs. <laughs> you know? and it's like, okay, raising a kid and raising dogs. I'm going to offend all the dog owners, by the way. So, like, it is my child. Like, no, it's not. Like, it is not. Like, I've had dogs. When you send your dogs off to doggy school, they come back well-behaved. I sent my kids off to school, and they came back with attitudes, right? Like, you know, and, and so sometimes you're like, you feel like you're like a parent versus talking with the dog. Like, and so sometimes it, it's just like... The connection, like you're 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 talking about the same things, but you're talking about different things. And so, don't just want to talk about theory here. We're gonna get like really, really practical. But we can't get practical until we understand like the overall theory of it. So let me just uh, let me just throw out a few things, by the way, just so you guys understand uh, uh, where I come from, uh, why we do what we do. And um, I really believe uh, that out of this, there's something that could impact that you can apply no matter what your role is, whether you're uh, volunteering at a church, whether you're on staff, whether you're the lead pastor, whatever the role, um, it's really, really applicable. Do you ever kind of sometimes look at certain things and you're like, that's awesome, but I can never do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you're like, yeah, that's awesome. And, and out of all this, like you can, we're human beings, we're not human doings, you could be this. And you can do it. And we're going to get really practical on some of the stuff, how at the end. And any questions that you have, like write down. Um, and we're, we're just definitely going to have a, a time of Q&A at the end. Uh, but my, the, the church that I pastor now with my wife was started by my parents in 1980, which means uh, this upcoming January we will turn 39 years old, which is awesome. Um, an incredible, incredible church incredible, incredible history. Um, but you guys know that, like, as time goes on, and I'm sharing this because you might be at a church, you're like, hey, we're three months old, you know, or hey, whatever, but, but sometimes also understanding people who've been on a, a journey, you can also learn what, what they did well and maybe what they would change. And there's definitely, we did so many things well, and my, my parents are my heroes, um, but there's also things that we probably, not probably, we would definitely do different. And over time, certain things happen. Over time, you, you start off with this heart to reach people. And you start off with this heart to build God's kingdom. And then, you know, in almost 39 years, sometimes it, it can be like you get more attached to the process than the people. And sometimes you even forget, like, why we're doing it. Like, like we didn't say, hey, let's, cool, let's come up with some really cool process. It was like, hey, we need to reach people with the passionate love of Jesus. We, we need people who are hurting and who are lost and who are broken to find hope and to find healing. And it's all those things. It was never about the method. It was always about reaching people. And yet sometimes, you guys just know, like, over time, you just have stuff that just, that just, that just builds up, which is why it's always good to question, why do we do this? 
What's the, what's the purpose? You guys have probably heard, you know, the, the message never changes, but the methods, but the methods do. And so we, we kind of got to a certain point where, where, where we weren't as flexible as we need to be. Like as you get older, you, your body's not as flexible. Like you got to spend a little bit more time stretching um, and, certain, and certain things. So we just want to share a little bit on our journey with that. Um, so you guys understand that. So uh, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I uh, took on the leadership of the church, and um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty big weight to take on, and it's been it's been absolutely incredible. But we're swimming; we are absolutely swimming in change. The first year, we did not like change anything externally that people would see. Uh, a lot of work internally with staff. And then this last year, as in 2018, we've really been we've uh, really been going at it. 2017 was really the year where we clarified and we simplified uh, things. Um, just over time, you know, stuff can get cluttered. You end up launching ministries that are no longer applicable. There's there's new needs that you need to address. And this year, 2018 has all been about focused uh, focused alignment. And so three areas that we've really impacted, and we're, we are going to get to gatherings, by the way, to services on that, but I want you to understand the whole thing before we dive into that. But three areas that we've been hammering here this year, really going at it, is the, the first thing is that we had lost our appetite. You, you guys like know that there's a big difference when you show up to a restaurant and you are hungry versus you show up and you're, you're not hungry? I mean, when you're hungry, you'll eat almost anything. You know, this is this is Junior here. Uh, he's one of our. He'll be leading worship tonight, right? Um, uh, he's on staff, one of our worship leaders. And um, it, just yesterday was his birthday. Yes, yes. And we were celebrating on um, Friday night. We went to a vegan restaurant, and even people. By the time the food came, even people who are not vegans were chowing down on the food, right? Because you're just when you are when you are hungry, you. You, you consume more. You see it in athletes. When guys first start out, you know, professional athletes, when they're young in their career, they are hungry to make a difference. Yet after they sign a big contract, sometimes they're not, they're not as hungry. They, they, their, their contract is ending. <laughs> they're, they're needing a new contract. All of a sudden, they're hungry once again. Do you remember when God first called you into ministry and you were just hungry? You were just, you would talk with anyone about Jesus. It was not about a position. It was not about a title. You were just hungry. And so we've been talking with the church, with our staff big time on being hungry. You've got to make sure that you have an appetite. One of the big words that we've been talking about is passion. We cannot lose our passion. So number one is appetite. Everyone say appetite. Appetite. The second thing is mindset. You know that how you think impacts what you do? I know as parents, sometimes we look at our kids, it's like, why did you do that? It's because that's what they were thinking or not, or not thinking. And, and as a church goes on, a church can easily start thinking big. And by big, I don't mean dreaming big. I mean coming at solutions like a big organization where you can kind of just... And some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, this doesn't apply to me. It will. When God does through you what he wants to do through you, don't allow yourself to get to this point. And it, it easily happens and you naturally can sometimes slip into that is that you start thinking big versus thinking scrappy. And so in what we're talking about today, there's going to be so much scrappy stuff. And we've been talking with our staff, talking with our church on thinking scrappy. Here's the difference. If you say, well, what is big versus scrappy? Big focuses on resources. Scrappy focuses on the needs of the community. When you think big, you wait to be told what to do. When you're scrappy, you see a need and you meet it. When you're when you're just when it's just a big church mindset, you, you would say that's not my role. When you have a scrappy mindset, you say this is my church. When, when you when you think big church, it's impersonal marketing. 
A scrappy church is where people are personally inviting people. You know, it's, it's amazing. When you first launch a church, you're personally inviting people, whatever your role is. And then the church just gets so big, people start coming. And you forget, like, when was the last time that you actually invited someone to church? When was the last time that you were actually spending time with someone who didn't even go to church? When was the last time, through whether it be your kids and their activities or just hanging out, that you're actually still personally inviting people to church? The worst thing they could do is say, no, right? Big, big churches, on the big mindset, people want freedom. Scrappy people want feedback. Big people wait for a reasonable time. Scrappy people just make it happen. Big people plan ministry around their vacation. Scrappy people plan vacation around ministry. Like we have, I, I was completely moved by how many people we had this year, volunteers at our church taking a week of vacation to serve at, at VBS. We still do VBS, but you know, like, like that is like that is incredible. Yet, yet volunteers can't do that. And also, we think, oh no, wait, wait, we want to, we we can't, we can't do this ministry here because I want to take this time. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Big churches, people are unavailable on their days off. <laughs> Scrappy is available when needed. Big. Is focused on what you get. Scrappy people are focused on what they give. Big is, it's another Sunday. After all, when you think we're, we're celebrating 39 years as a church this upcoming January, and after all, that's a, that's a lot of Sundays. So it's easy just to think it's just another Sunday. Scrappy, it's never just another Sunday. Maybe it is one person who is stepping foot into church, and that is going to be their only time. That is going to be the only, that is someone's one day. It is never just another Sunday. It is, it's never, no matter what your role, it's never just another Sunday or Saturday night for all of us who have Saturday night uh, gatherings, services. In uh, big, people desire recognition. In scrappy mindset, people take responsibility. Big, we know how to put on church. Scrappy, you know how to be the church. And so in all this, hope you get that, 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 that number one, there's got to be that appetite, that you got to be hungry. Number two is what's the mindset? It's got to be, be scrappy. And not only... Is it big versus scrappy? I'm sharing how that, how that is in our context. It might be something different in your context where the, the mindset still needs to shift. You, you need to stay hungry. You need to make sure that the mind sh- mindset is there. And number three is habits. It's amazing how your habits with time, your habits with, with money, your habits with, even with your emotions. And what happens is that as you, as you progress along in life and as you get older... You can end up building your habits around maintenance and not forward movement. And we want to build things around forward movement, not just maintenance. Habits create a cycle. What cycle are you repeating? You know that you can get stuck in a cycle? There, there's power in a, in a good cycle. A good repetition delivers. And we need habits. Those things where you, just, you start doing it so much you don't think about it. But is it something that's moving you forward? Is it something that's taking you forward? Or is it just something that's keeping you where you're at? Y'all tracking so far? Yes. We got appetite. We got mindset. We got habits. Now, now let me explain to you at faith the kind of our, our, our four areas that, we've, that, that we're focusing on. This isn't, this isn't all we do. This, these are our four areas, and then we're going specifically into one. The one that we'll be talking about more here is, is our weekends, which we call, we say gatherings that transform a crowd into a community is that getting people to be attenders. Number one, and, and there's different models, I'm not asking you to copy this model, but so you understand how we do it, is people attending. The way we talk about it is we're not just about attracting a crowd, but building a church. Uh, we, we are, even after 39 years in January, we will be going multi-campus here in the next couple of years, which is a big shift for us. And, um, you know, obviously I don't want to take too much time as, as the world shifts, as we even have people. I was just talking with one of my friends recently uh, who has a kid in high school and junior high. They commute a little over 20 minutes to come to the church, but their kids now have really good friends with people who have a church right by their house. And so it begins to get a, you know, a challenge. And so anyway, we will be going 
we will be going multi-campus. We're also very big on offering a great experience online for many different reasons. I mean, uh, I don't want to get caught in stories here, but one of the, one of the guys who was a volunteer on our parking team, we, we call him servant leaders, and uh, he shows up every Sunday at uh, 6 or 6.30 in the morning, helps set up the parking lot, cones, all that kind of stuff. After everything's set up, he goes home. Uh, to uh, engage in our online experience because his wife has cancer and she cannot she cannot get out of bed. So it's also it's we're, we will be going multi-campus, but we're also hitting online hard as well. So the, the the first thing is gatherings that transform a crowd into a community. That is people attending. The second thing is environments that people call home, which is people connecting. We we're shifting from a church with groups to a church of groups. Our, our church um, for the size has had very little involvement in groups. Like it's almost, it's, it's, it's very low single digit, which is very, very small. So we are making a, a shift in that. You know, on one hand, people are more connected today than, they, than they've ever been, yet they're also more disconnected than they've ever been. Um, and I think deep within everyone, there, there's a desire to be known uh, to be loved and to be accepted, and so this is this is this is huge for us um, on that. So that's the second thing: is that people number one, they're attending; number two, they're connecting; number three, they're participating. We call it compassionately serving. For us, the win. I think it, it, it's important when you're when you're doing anything to know what's what's the win. What is the win? The win for us is not attendance. The win is involvement. How many people? Are involved. It's not about our seating capacity, but our our sending capacity. And the last thing has to do with leadership. Is is people becoming leaders? It's transforming together. For us, it's it's empowering a volunteer leadership culture. So so we like to say it this way. We say that we are a church that passionately worships and compassionately serves, authentically connects, and strategically grows. So that's sort of like the basis for the journey we've been on for how we do church. It's not the only way. I think it's beautiful how the church is, is lived out in so many different expressions. But just so you understand that, now we can dive a little bit into gatherings that transform a crowd into a community. Y'all tracking? Cool, cool. So just want to get practical with some insight here to, to create an, an engaging environment and experience on the weekends. Um, uh, first of all, why the weekend? We need to, we're always addressing with, with our team is why we do what we do. Otherwise, we just keep doing it without knowing why we're, why we're doing it. And that's where heart dissipates. That's where passion dissipates. So... We believe that people are looking for hope, for purpose, and community, among many other things. So we define the purpose, that weekends are not a weekly ritual. And that is something that, especially after being around for many, many years, can easily sneak up on you, where it just becomes a weekly ritual. It just becomes something that you do. They are not a weekly ritual, but they are a life-giving experience. It's essential to have the end goal before building what that weekend experience looks like. And so we're looking at it. First of all, we're about driving people to Jesus and his church. We believe in the local church. I mean, we are a Jesus church. For us, we are unashamed to be followers of Jesus. We gather under one name, and that is the name of Jesus. And we boldly proclaim that. But we are also passionate about building his church. We believe that, that hope and purpose is only found in Jesus and that really community is best found in the church. People can find community elsewhere, but there's no better place to experience community than in, than in the church. So we say faith is not a place to, to attend. It's a community to belong to. We tell people, like, we are your tribe. We are your people. And if you were to be in the church, you would look around and people look different. They come from different backgrounds. They have different political beliefs. And we're, we're very different, yet we unite around, around the cause of Christ. Uh, so let me just say this real quick, is that the church experience does begin long before the gathering as we call it, we don't call it, it was called a service. We've actually changed it to gathering because uh, the way we had been designed for so many years is 
we kind of designed our facility and everything to get people on and off super quick. It was designed as everything kept 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 growing. It was kind of like, how do we get people through like cattle almost? Like, is that like like you just on and off quick? It was just about turning. And and so so much of how things were designed, we've had to completely try to re redesign that. So, but the, the church experience begins long before that ever starts, and uh, it really starts from the moment anyone pulls up on campus. So it's from the it's from the signs, it's from the smiling faces or the not so smiling faces. It's from the music that you are playing outside. It's as people walk in, does the experience welcome them or does it confuse them? Um, one of the big changes that 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 uh, we've made is that when people were to walk onto our campus or to you know park and come on, we had all kinds of handouts. We had signs, you know, discount at the cafe, you know, forty percent off the frappuccino or whatever like that. It was almost like we're, we are bombarding. We've, it's like you got out of the airport in you know in Cabo and you feel like you're trying to get not sign a thing to like you know get a. Um, uh, 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 What's the thing where you uh, not stay at a at hotel timeshare? Exactly. You feel like you're going through like a timeshare thing. You know, it's like that's not people are people are distracted from the stuff. The most none of that is important. So we've actually shifted a lot and we don't hardly do any handouts. And no more discount signs to the you know cafe and all that. So people aren't drinking as much, you know, cappuccinos maybe or whatever. But on that, um, it's really do people feel marketed to or welcomed in? One of the things that we look at, we've had we've had our team, we've had people that we've brought in that have been like secret shopper people that just come in, you know, no one knows they're coming, and it's like just give us feedback. What is as a first time? Like, do you feel like you're coming in and you feel marketed to, or do you feel welcomed? You know, and I mean, you can go too far either side. You can be too far marketing them, or you can be too far welcoming them you know it's like some places you go and it's like you're giving me a hug like someone going to church like i don't even know like this is like you know i don't even you know know this we we have a a little bit of a challenge because we've been so much of the handout church for so long that everyone was so much of a handout that now they don't know what to do that that they just shake hands so it's like someone walking to our church has like 20 people shaking their hands and it's like okay we gotta you know address this uh a little bit um we've shifted and these are just kind of telling you guys some stuff on the journey that we've been on. We, we used to have engraved name badges where people like, anyone, like, is this like foreign to you guys? Like, this is like, or someone who's a big deal. They got their name finally on it. And we're like, listen, it's not about anyone knowing your name. It's about people knowing the name of Jesus and have gone more to lanyards and teams and bigger, bolder colors who we are so people can identify them. Uh, on that sort of thing. But all of that makes a difference. We even, as people are walking in, one of the things, we've tried so many different things, but our church was so built on the mindset of people coming in and leaving quick. I mean, like, you know, like a mass exodus at the end that then how do we start connecting with people? How do we shift this? And we've, we've tried so many different things. And what, the thing that has worked the best is the scrappiest thing is that we have put water stations with all kinds of fruit and you know those like you know where you add the fruit and fancy water right like you know it's like it's super cheap right like like we tried things that were more expensive but yet oftentimes it's the scrappy things all of a sudden especially being here in southern california people are like stopping to get water and we're putting the right people there who are great at, you know, not being overwhelming to them. Hey, how's it going? And we're getting to know people, getting them plugged in. You said like, sometimes those sort of things because it's not just about getting them in, getting them out. It's about, it's about connecting with people. Um, we, we, we have a saying at, the, at our church too. It's like we call it where's the, where's the bathroom because uh, our signage was awful, you know, and – if, if people can't find the bathroom, they're not going to find Jesus, right? Like, so we have people coming in where, I don't know where to take my kids. I don't know where. We have the gift of a very large facility. Um, it, it's about 160,000 square feet on over 20 acres, which in California is a pretty big. Um, and so, which is awesome, but it's also overwhelming for people as they're walking on. There's exit. There's it's, It was built to ha- not just have one entrance. There's entrances and exits everywhere. And people just, you know, get lost. And so really helping point the way uh, on that. And um, you know that everything, everything 
that you do, everything that people say, see or hear says something about you. Every interaction, every color, every sign, every experience. And when you really begin to own those things, you can make a significant difference on that. Y'all ready to get practical? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to bring someone up from our, from our team, too. This is, a, this is a Shaddy Henry. So I've been at the church 15 years. And uh, Shaddy is all over, like, he is the programming guy. He oversees um, a big portion of the church uh, uh, on that. And so just thought that, that we can have a little bit of a conversation, yeah. share some things, and actually pretty much kind of open it up into conversation, show you guys some examples of some stuff that we do, not as a way to um, brag or anything. Like, we're, we're getting real scrappy, by the way. And let me just, by the way, introduce the two people who just walked in. <laughs> I, oh, this is me. Like, I'll totally... We love so, them. <laughs> when, when I took over, and Liz, when Liz and I took over the church in January of uh, 2017, I was talking with Dino Rizzo, and I was like, need help restructuring, re- like, doing all this stuff, like, you know, and he's like, I'll put you in touch with Yoda. And so that's, that's the guy from Star Wars, right? You know, so Yoda ended up being Phil Klein, who's back here, uh, who has a great company. And uh, Dino, actually, we're actually in, in, the, in the car together. I didn't know what he was doing. He just dialed the number and handed me, and I was like, hello, who are you? Like, well, what is this? So this is Phil Klein. If you, um, uh, yeah, he runs a, you don't like to call it consulting, right, coaching, um, but genius and so phenomenal. He was on staff with uh, Furtick for five years on his lead team. And, um, and so, um, anyway, he's great. He ended up, this is his wife, Grace, by the way, so, who was on staff with us. So it was like, hey, help <laughs> us out. I'll get you a wife. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> It all worked out. <laughs> Most people at the church get water. He got a wife. So. <laughs> but it's helped walk us through all the, all the, all the internal um, uh, stuff. I was just sharing a little bit on the journey. So Phil, Phil was critical with a lot, of, a lot of stuff in that. But just want to talk through some practical stuff. Would that be okay with you guys? Yeah. Because um, sometimes, especially at this point in the day, you're like, what do I do? What do, what do I uh, apply? This isn't something for you just to copy, by the way. You, got, you have to genuinely be you. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about, is that if it's not you, I don't care how great it is. If it's not you, it's not going to work. Yep. Even some that's of the stuff true. right now that we're doing online, it's like it's got to be us. Yep. If it is not us, I don't care if it works. If it's not us, if it's not true to who we are, we're not going to do it. We're not going to get involved if it's not who God's called us to be with going multi-campus, with doing that, with doing it. If it's not who God has called you to be. So this is like, if anything, hopefully stirs up the gift that's on the inside of you. Hopefully stirs up stuff that's on the inside of you. But, but just want to talk practically now about what takes place inside the walls of the worship center. A little over a year and a half ago, we called it the sanctuary, and we changed it to the worship center because people did not know what a sanctuary was. Uh, my oldest, when he was little, he's off in college now, but he used to call it the situator. So uh, I thought we can call like it the situator, that. which is good. Um, but it's the worship center. Yeah. So just want to talk about how we, how do we program. So I'm actually going to interview him just a little bit, and we're going to ask questions um, and uh, go from there. Cool? Yeah. So... Talk real quickly. Tell us kind of how we go about planning what takes place in the worship center yeah. from start to finish with worship, uh, creative, you know, all of those yeah. sort of things. So I get the honor with programming to oversee worship, production, and creative. And in all those areas, I believe we're all creative beings, even if it's not in a creative area. But one of the things that even before getting to that, that I think is so, so critical. And if you're not a lead pastor in here, which I'm not, this is huge to grasp. I've had to grasp this. I don't carry the vision. He carries the vision. And I think that's where a lot of creative people get in trouble because we're so many times coming up with so many great ideas, but it's not for me to come up with the vision. I'm not the one entrusted with the vision. He is. So my biggest job, even before we break this down, my biggest job is to be able to grasp because I get to work closely with Pastor Dan, grasp his vision and then put some meat and bones around that and be able to translate that to the team and make that come a reality so that what's on his heart, we get to put uh, emotion around it. We get to put creativity around it. We get to put 
images around it so that people, we get to take what's on his heart on a weekly basis and expand that so people can experience it even at a deeper level. So I think this is critical because I think the worst thing that we could do today is if you go home to your lead pastor and say, I've got a vision for where we're headed. Please don't do that. Hopefully you just kind of grasp the heart of this, of how we translated Pastor Dan's vision into this. But yours would look different. Some of this, and not just vision, but style. Like some of this stuff we're going to do or show you, your pastor may not like it. So it's got to be, he's whoever that pastor is, um, they're carrying the vision. So hopefully that kind of gives a little bit of a framework. So don't go take this home and do it as is. It's got to fit who you guys are. Um, But as far as you asked about planning, rehearsing executing so we had planning yeah. rehearsing executing reviewing and changing so we say that one one more time because this is how we do it every single week we plan plan rehearse rehearse execute review and change now and just to let you guys know real quick we'll do, like planning does not take away from god moving in the service in the gathering and i think that that, that that's a big misconception yep. it's just showing up and just thinking well that takes away actually the more you plan the more freedom you have yeah. Yep. The more, the more planning, the more, cause it, it's like there, there is God's part and there's our part. And if we don't do our part, it's expect God to do. And sometimes it, it happens, but it's like oftentimes God moves through the preparation. So yeah. and you, I mean, I can start preaching, but you, you look throughout scripture, how often God was preparing people. How often there is, there is power in the preparation. Yeah. And, and that is so key. So for us, we are planned down to the T. I mean, in our uh, rehearsals and in our uh, when we're running through the gathering for the final time, I mean, we know the the vibe of the music for this announcement, and then the vibe when we go from this announcement to offering. Where is the drums going to swell? Because this is a celebration moment. Uh, when we go to offering, this is a deeper moment. Here are what the keys are doing. We'll get to this, but uh, music music for us is a soundtrack to the whole gathering. Mm-hmm. It's not just for worship. And so we plan everything, 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 and and we won't camp out on this. To go no, ahead, go ahead, no go. Ahead. Reviewing this is so key. Most of the time, we're reviewing the things that don't work, and that has to happen. But what we found is more important is reviewing the things that did work. And then when you're reviewing the things that did work, the question is, did it happen by accident or by design? Mm -hmm. Because if it's by accident, we can't duplicate it. And that we found that happens so often. So some things go well. you got to find out, was that just the Spirit of God moving and we want that every single gathering? Um, Was it by accident? Mm -hmm. Or did we really know and intentionally know what we're doing in this moment? And again, the planning allows for the spontaneity, which which we now have really in the last couple of months have really had to learn that we're so planned that Pastor Dan will throw us curveballs every single gathering. So everyone on the platform, eyes forward, ready to go. Things could change any minute, but we are so planned that we can go off script. Yeah, which is, which is great. And so one of the things is that you want to make sure that you allow for the spontaneity, that you allow for that. And you can get so well at executing something that you start doing it without thinking you start doing it without saying okay what is what is god doing here in this service what is god doing in this gathering um on that so yeah so now like you know so walk us through exactly what it looks like on the ground taking taking place yep so first of all we look at our year seasonally uh i mean everything that god has created has rhythm and so weather has a rhythm, you know, it changed, maybe not in California, but if you're not from California, uh, school has a rhythm. There's time off, there's high times, there's stressful times, there are easy times. Life has rhythm with church. There is a rhythm. And so when you're planning, for example, a big series, or when you're planning a big push to invite people to church, or you're planning a big push for groups, or we're really going to press into worship in this season, what is the rhythm of your church? Because you could plan the, the best thing and land it in the time that is not that does not apply in the season of the year, and it will flop. Yeah. And so start, before even planning the gatherings, start with looking at the year seasonally. And it's, it's seasonally... What, what takes place in there that it's best for the church seasonally. Yep. And then also when you start doing that, is there, there's also just seasons of ministry yeah. in yeah. life. It's like you look in sports, there's preseason, there's a season, there's postseason. As much as we want to say we want to go 100 miles an hour every single day, you cannot 
you cannot you cannot do that. Yeah. You need to know that the seasons that you need to be prepared to go hard, the seasons, you are, are you all tracking with that? Yes. Yeah. And, and the team knows it. The team knows, hey, we're heading into a, right now is it's right now is the playoffs. Pastor Dan has used this terminology. Yeah. So the team knows right now it's playoffs versus, yeah. Hey, in this month, we're going to take a slight, you know, we're going to, we're going to take our breath type of thing. Yeah. So the team knows that so they can operate at the level that is needed. And then when we're planning our gatherings, so we call them gatherings, not services, but in your context, they could be services. We plan them as a journey. You look at the whole gathering as a story. One thing that we did years ago, and we've really shifted this under Pastor Dan's direction, is you had different teams planning different elements of the service or of the gathering, and they just come together uh, at the end versus a whole team planning a journey together. You want your gathering, your service to have peaks and valleys. You want people to go through emotion. You want people, what is the theme of this one gathering? What What are people, what is the one thing... People are walking away with, and can I tell you again, we don't come up with that. We're grasping that from his message for the weekend, and we build everything around that. The whole, the sound of the gathering, the vibe of the gathering, the look of the gathering, that everything is is built as a journey. So a couple of examples here, pre and post message songs. Right now we, we bookend the message with with music because God really uses music. And so we, we're getting people to a certain place as they're getting ready. We want to hand them off to Pastor Dan ready to experience the word. We want to prep them so he doesn't spend his first 10 minutes prepping them to hear what God has to say. And at the, and by the way, he's very involved with these moments um, in, in helping us build them. It's not something we're just doing. And even after the message, how are we sealing the deal? So that's one example. Uh, what is the theme and the heartbeat of the gathering? Again, we talked about planning enough to go off script and every element's purpose is devi- defined. If there's one thing happening in the gathering because we just do it because that's what we do, we need to cut it out. Yep. So every element. Yeah. Every element can, is defined. And with it being okay with your lead pastor, you can cut out a lot of stuff because certain things are just, there's so much going on and people are just missing maybe what the most important thing is because of the, because of the club. Yeah. If I could give you guys one quick example, this really helped me a lot. This is not original to me, <laughs> uh, but this really helped me a lot. Oftentimes when we build our, if you've, if you've driven a manual car, uh, oftentimes when we build our gatherings, we make our congregation feel like we're going from first gear to sixth gear to third gear to first gear. And so we, it, we're going from worship and all of a sudden we're in a really deep moment and someone hops on the platform and they're joking. And we didn't give people an opportunity to, to kind of sit with that emotion or how are we going to transition them so look at every element this could really be a whole talk on its own how we're shifting gears in a we're, we're really jerking our people around and they're not going on a journey within yeah. the hour or hour and a half or whatever it is and so really looking at every element every single element how does it honor the element before it and how does it set up the element after it we could totally break that down but we'll leave it there every element think how does it honor the one before it and how does it so it doesn't feel like all choppy so so good just a a couple practical things here too is one of the changes we made uh this year is that we have now started um seating people in the first two rows that are leaders that are they're worship leaders but they're not on the stage they're message leaders but they're not on the platform and to really model because people don't necessarily from our experience only follow what they see on stage they actually follow what they see in front of them and this has been a huge difference because our church um went from being more observing the experience to engaging in it and a big change happened when we have it's like you find the most People who are passionate, worshiping, put them in the first couple rows. And all of a sudden, you see people who never used to raise their hands raising their hands. You see people who never used to take notes in the message all of a sudden taking notes in the message. And so it's not only just what takes place on the platform, but it's also really – it's how do you influence people? How do you take them on that journey? So Yeah. Yeah, and that's been so huge. We found that 
the congregation is following the lead of those in the front rows more than they're following the lead of people on the platform. And so that doesn't take away from the importance of how we lead on the platform. We talk about that in detail, everything from the smiles to the facial expressions to the body language to the voices, everything. But we found that there's a greater impact by those in the front row on the room than those um, on the platform. Yeah, no good. So, and I know that this, I thought that this might happen. So we're running close on time. So yes. I just want to jump into some of the things. Let's do it. Even on like, so let's talk about creative elements, um, series, sets, yeah. you know, the, the different elements and then any, any, any questions on that. But kind of talk us through some of this. And here's what I want you guys to see. I don't know about you, but in the past, I've gone to some conferences where like literally that's awesome, but we don't have the budget for that. Or like literally that's awesome, but we don't have the team. Everything we're going to show you, I'd be shocked if you cannot pull off better than this yeah. uh, on it because it's all very inexpensive. This is like, I don't know, isn't there those TV shows like The Look for Less or yes. The Home, whatever? It's like, this is like stuff that's Extremely phenomenal. Extremely scrappy. <laughs> and scra- phenomenally scrappy, but very, very strong in that. So, yeah, yeah so, so, you know, kind of walk us through some of these cool. examples and talk through it. I'll, I'll give you guys an example of a series we did. Uh, so we're thinking scrappy, right? So this is actually a while ago. This is not our current stage. We did, Pastor Dan had on his heart to speak on Jonah. And he was really going to talk about what does it feel like when you're inside a fish, figuratively, and that type of thing. So we shot a, a video. Maybe we won't show the whole thing because we don't want to take up the whole time. But just to give you guys an example, it's a video of Jonah falling in the water and the church was impacted. And everyone was like, how did you produce this? What did you do? And can I tell you what we did is we went to uh, someone's pool and we took one of our iPhones and bought a $70 iPhone case. And that's how we made this video. And everyone's looking at it like you got underwater cameras and you got this and you got that. No, we went into a closet and put pillows on the wall to record the voice that and it's not you can do this in a scrappy way. So you, you could do better than you this. Can do this better is like, um, we won't show this whole video. Um, show just just like part of it, yeah. just part of it. I'm gonna fast forward here. Uh, I'm actually the one falling in the water. Yeah, he's in the water. This is um, this is shady right here. So it looks like you're in the. And again, this isn't the highest production. This is an iPhone. Like, <laughs> and so it's like the whole video. Um, yeah, I don't know. We won't show the whole yeah, thing. So, um, that just gives you an example, but I just want to show you guys. So we, we said, people saw this before Pastor Dan preached, and they experienced the emotion of that scripture. We're reading the scripture over it. So we prepped them. This is an iPhone, guys. Like, we spent 70 bucks. Yeah. Um, and uh, can, can you show a picture of the set? Or is yeah. that, is we that... have a video, unfortunately. I couldn't find. This is uh, a couple of years ago. Um, we built a whale. And so, like, <laughs> like literally, all of that was is probably like $100 worth of paper uh, that was actually just built. So from whale. Home Depot. From Home Depot. And volunteers. This is not pros, guys. Like, volunteers, we told them we want to build a whale. Which is, which is <laughs> totally, totally cool. So, on that, they did a great job. Show them the, um, uh, what's the next one that we have there, too, by the way? So Mixtape. Mixtape, yeah. So, walk, walk us through mixtape. So, mixtape, Pastor Dan really wanted to speak on turning up the volume, turning down the volume of all the external, external voices and turning up the volume of, of God's voice in our lives. And so we take that to the team and we're like, how do we, when he's preaching, how do we get that image in people's minds? Uh, so we went to antique stores and bought a million speakers and they're very, very in, in ex, not expensive antiques, like yeah. very inexpensive like speakers, speakers don't that don't work. Some don't even work. Yes. Um, so this is our set. Um, I don't know. I'll show you a couple of other pictures and people, this is actually when it was still being built. Um, show you another one here. There's a couple and, and we just mess with lighting. By the way, we don't have a lighting designer on staff. We have a 13 year old that messed with our board so much that now knows how to program lights. Like we don't have a big lighting designer. He's a 13 year old. Yeah. Very involved at the church. He, he now has other churches hiring him to yes. you know, all train. So these are all speakers. This is the look when people walked in. Uh, another short video. It's kind of funny to watch you preaching without voice. Oh, but but just so you see, um, just so you see kind of the look. There's speakers behind him. We want people to grasp the image. Again, we probably spent three to $500 on this. And it was one of our biggest series of the year. We don't do this for every message. This was like a big thing. And, and, and you could get the next thing set up. And let me just say that we're really big on it's it's content driven not creative driven mm-hmm. 
And sometimes where we, where, where we make a mistake is we get caught up in the creative and we forget it is all about the content. Yep. And you can be so creative that it takes away from the content. It distracts from the content. And some of the greatest ideas are not the greatest ideas because it's like, wow, people will be wowed. Wowed by the example are they going to are they going to be talking with their kids about the content of the message about that are they going to be talking about how cool that example was because frankly they can go to hollywood they can go and be much more wild than than we could ever do and it oftentimes takes away from the message so creative comes alongside the content to enhance the content not to yeah. distract it so. yeah and every creative meeting i'm reminding the team creative does not drive the message the message drives creative and so many times we have creative ideas and we have to stop them because it's not driven by the message. It's we're trying to force a message out of creative. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly. So right now we're actually in a series called Disrupted. So this is actually right now. This we're is going into week. Three. Yeah, this is. And this was I think I first let me just pause here for a second. Yeah. I think it was over, over a year ago. I mentioned it to you mm-hmm. on this series. And this series is an aggressive series. Um, because there's always those, like, you got to know, like, what is the heart behind it? So over a, a year ago, and we knew, hey, we're, we're going to do a series. I don't think we even had the name dis, Disrupted, mm-hmm. but it's going to be, like, we're like, it's going to be a disruptive message. It's a, it's a big call to our church to not live in comfortable Christianity. It's a big call to the church to not live in California Christianity. Mm-hmm. But that when Jesus called his disciples, it was like... He, called, he, didn't, he didn't call them, hey, do as much as you can. Hey, if you're able to help once a year at a food bank. Hey, if you're able. He, he, he just said, come and follow me. He didn't sit yeah. down and have coffee with them. He didn't ask them what's on their heart. He didn't say, you know, let's take a personality profile. As great, Phil, as personality profiles and all those things are. And you want to make sure you're in the right role and all that kind of stuff. He, he just, in the, their responses, they dropped. I mean, especially when he, when he called Peter and Andrew, they dropped their net. So the whole thing was like, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're asking people to drop them. We're asking people to drop how they've always done church, to drop how they've always lived their life, to drop hurts, to to drop hidden agendas. And so, I mean, this is like the whole series is is actually finishing this upcoming weekend. And we're doing a big call for people to serve at the church. It's like basically this, you don't just need to come to church. This is a call to be the church. Um, And everything about it. So this has been in development for like a year. But part of it, the year wasn't because we needed to... The years that the church needed to be at the right place, you yep. know, in order to hear this message, because it is a, like, it's a church thinning message, yeah. you know, it is a, it's a, I should say this, it is a crowd thinning church building message uh, yeah. on that, and um, with that, so continue yeah. on with that. No, definitely, and again, we had to grasp from Pastor Dan, so when the creative team came up with the name Disrupted, that's not just a cool name, we grasped the heart of what he was trying to communicate to the church. That's how that name came up. We do merch for, for some big series because it's a reminder for people. It's a conversation starter. All of this is designed in-house and is inexpensive. But just to give you guys a couple of examples, um, and people love it. So a couple of like jackets, a couple of hats, a couple of shirts. And, and we're not looking to make a profit on this stuff. Like we're really, we're trying to get the message out there. We're trying to find every way to put this message in front of people. Um, so we produce stuff like this. Um, and then on social media, we want to show people getting engaged. And at the same time, they've got some of the merch. Um, <laughs> We won't finish that, but again, that's a little social media clip. We didn't hire a big video editor. That's like volunteers figuring out how to do that. But we grasped from him, like, this is going to be, this has to agitate you slightly. Like, when he said this message is going to mess with you a little bit, that's why I know it looks a little like, wait, what's going on? We want, we wanted people to get that feeling. It's a little agitating, like, because the call of Jesus is disruptive. Mm -hmm. So that's the feel of that. And then the first message, uh, we'll show you guys the stage set, because uh, this is kind of cool. Um, Pastor Dan told us that on his heart for the first uh, for the first message is drop your nets. That Jesus calls you and he calls you to drop your nets as we've read in the Bible. And so we started thinking this time we've done a whale which is very literal. We wanted something a little bit more abstract. So we came up with this idea and people from all over the nation, in fact, 
Brian Poole, who was the production, I think he's around here somewhere. Uh, I haven't met him personally yet, but we've been in touch. Um, for, who was the production director at Elevation has been reaching out to me like, that's the most legit backdrop. How'd you guys make that? People from all over are reaching out about this thing. Can I tell you, this was spurred on not because of our creativity, but because of hearing Drop Your Nets and us wanting to do something abstract with it. This stage set ended up costing $200, and everyone's calling asking, which production company did you guys hire to do this? This is $200 at Home Depot. And so um, it's basically string art, and um, it just looks really cool. We're not trying to blow people away because creative can be distracting. Creative, if it's too much, can be distracting. But can I tell you guys, we wanted to change up the look of our set, and we don't have like a big production person on staff right now. This was all a couple of hundred dollars um, from Home Depot and hundreds of volunteer hours, but they were excited to do it. And here's the thing, and I don't know whether you're a volunteer, whether you're paid, but sometimes they think, oh, cool, you got volunteers to do it. You, you didn't have to pay for it. That's not it. The win is actually people finding their purpose, finding their passion, the, the community in the team that builds these sets. Like, we're talking if someone's family member ends up in the hospital, it's people from that team that are there at the hospital. If, one, if someone ends up losing their job and needing food, it's the team that they serve with that is... So it's not like, oh, you just need to not pay someone. It's actually... No, you have, you're giving people an opportunity both to use their God-given gifts and skills, but they're also... There's community and relationship happening. And that's the difference. We talk at our church about the difference between an accomplishment and a result. A result would have been the set, oh, yeah, it's awesome. It didn't you know, cost much. The accomp- but if everyone's worn out, exhausted, we can't go any further, that's like, what good is that, right? But when they're energized, they're asking what's next. They're caring for each other. It's genuine community. That's the accomplishment. So it's actually like as cool as the set is, whatever like that, it's actual what's taking place outside of that. That's the real win. So yeah. anyway, I just don't know if there's anything else real quick. And I wanted to open up for questions too and kind of have a discussion here. But is there, was there anything yeah. else that we were going to show her? No, no. This was, I mean, we have a ton of examples that I could share with you guys if you're like, hey, I want some ideas. It took us a while to get to the place to figure out ideas that are scrappy because yeah. our ideas were big dollar items. That's just not what we're going to do right now. Yeah. Uh, and we're scrappy. And so it took us a while to get to think like this. Mm-hmm. You've taught us always that uh, limited resources plus passion equals creativity. Something and like that. It's actually Craig Rochelle said limited resources yeah. plus increasing passion equals exponential creativity or something like that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, which is huge. And it's so, so yeah. true. And, and it's a great I, comment. I just, just don't remember it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I want to leave with you guys is this. And if you have questions, that's great. If you, I'd love to connect with you afterwards. We'd love to connect yeah. if not. But you will get, I've really found this for myself, you will get your best ideas when you are connected to your pastor's heart and your pastor's vision. Because my first job is following his, his lead, knowing his heart, and that's where the creativity comes from. Because if I'm not, like this, this idea came from drop your nets. And I really find that when we're in alignment, that's where creativity comes. So if I could leave you with anything... Um, that would be it. But I don't know if there's... No, that's, all. that's great. Any questions? Any questions or stuff like that? So I know, yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so as a, as a pastor, um, working with your creative team, what's your runway time? And, and for these big series, <laughs> like how far... So I know that's... Yeah. yeah. The, it, what is that thing on? What is it? You have, you, have, um, you have time, you have money, you have quality. You guys ever seen that? Like it's like a triangle... <laughs> And it's, you're, you're always going to sacrifice one, like, unless you just want to, like, in a sense, because what in the church world is, so it's like, if you have a big budget and you want great quality, that's great. You can get it done fast. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a big budget and we don't love to spend money on that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. then it takes longer to work it out. So some of these series, like this, we started working on a year ago. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that will be a couple months out. Um, on that so and then it's really helping the team I'm actually pushing the team to do less because mm-hmm. what will happen is out of the heart to do more you'll end up doing a lot not as well versus picking a few things and doing them really really well yeah. so they I mean that said I think I don't know how long you could know the details I mean some of the stuff they start working on months ahead of time months so. ahead of time yeah. and then the week of because we had to flip the stage in one week we planned there's gonna be, there were overnighters <laughs> there were some really long days but the volunteers loved it and the team loved it and you know we, there, that was a really long week but you plan for that 
and people are willing to sacrifice. And yes, we plan ahead of time for a time to give time like that, but I always remind the team. But if Pastor Dan calls us on a Saturday night and there's something strong on his heart, we will jump in our cars and head to the campus to make it happen. That's not every week, but there still has to be a little bit of that. I'll do whatever it takes. Um, so, yeah, you, yeah. you want that whatever it takes attitude. It's so great to plan so that you know it's like, hey, like this... September for our team is, the busiest, is the, right now the busiest month that we've probably ever had. We've got a yeah. few people spit, spend the night. But we're not going to do that in October. We're not going to, in fact, we don't have anything good until, <coughs> until December where we know a few people. It's like, hey, you better not come in these days. Like, you better, you know, yep. hey, let's, you know, yeah, that sort of thing so that we last for the long haul, too. So, but really, oftentimes, exhaustion isn't even just physical exhaustion. It's spiritual exhaustion when you're not yeah. connected to, our team needs to know why they're, that's why we're big on pounding the why, why we're doing this. We're not just building a set, feeding the stories of the people who've been impacted. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love the creativity and the resourcefulness, and I really appreciate that you guys kind of shared the um, scrappy of things because um, most churches starting out don't have to do budget, so mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, a practical question is actually, you know, you mentioned that, of course, it takes so many volunteers to actually get those sets to be set up, mm-hmm. um, and I can see that in the quality of the sets. Um, so do you guys like, put a, um, like an email out to all the volunteers, or do you even, like, blast it on, like, social media saying, hey, any church member, anyone who attends church, how do you guys get those volunteers to come and show up? Yeah, well, and that's probably even a bigger issue on how we engage volunteers. Yeah. And it happens through a few different ways. It happens through the bigger nets that are thrown out. The best way it happens is through relationship, um, where people oftentimes end up serving because in an area because that's where their friends serve, not because that's what their, where their heart is. Yeah. You know, so even with the sets, like we have a couple people that are really good, and then they have a couple friends who really love being with them, you know. Two of the people that helped on this don't go to church and don't know Jesus, but they wanted to come help with their friends. And so, yeah, for this one, we want like that. We want that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So for this one, I specifically asked the team, no mass emails, no group text messages. These are personal invites. But that is the season that, so that took time. But that is the season that we're in, that we're switching from a big church mindset of blast the emails to, hey, can you come hang out? We're going to be hanging out. And so it's a big shift for us. We did a big push um, a a few months ago because we actually um, ripped out, was it 1,500 chairs? We ripped out uh, on our floor. We have have 1,500 chairs that were attached to the ground, and we were going to movable chairs. For a few different reasons, for flexibility and, and that sort of thing. And what most big churches would do is just pay for some companies to do it. But we're like, let's 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 do a big push. And our whole staff, no matter what your job is, we're going to be here for two days. And we're not just gonna we're not just gonna make sure that this task happens, but we're going to be connecting with people. Yeah. So and we got so many people who came in. They're like, I can help remove chairs. I can help move chairs. They came with and their tools. They were ready. <laughs> and they just meet other people and have, who've now been connected to other areas. So yeah. what, what we've discovered is the more you blast something out, the less responsive they are. So to doing that very strategic and making sure you're out of season to bring them in. This is pretty high um, high cost, like time-wise. So that would have been hard for someone who's not really... Um, yeah. yeah. But actually, that probably could have been done... You know, it's like in anything, you know, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Yeah. So even though we had a lot of people involved, it was a few people who really, who really like pulled yeah, it off. Know, yeah. yeah, that wasn't a ton of people. It was really a handful of people that did most of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you guys, I mean, obviously you guys understand each other really well and you maintain, but how do you foster that common language and understanding of vision from the pastor down to you and then you outward to the rest of the yeah. team? One of the biggest compliments I ever got uh, when we were interviewing someone was they said, oh, man, you quote Pastor Dan a lot. And um, I take that as an honor. I don't want to just be repeating, but I realize that I get to spend a lot of time with him because of the working relationship, and not everyone gets that. Would I be this sold out to this if I didn't have this vision? Probably not, because the demand is high. 
Um, if, if it's just for the paycheck, this wouldn't be it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and so how do I get people to experience that? Because he, it's not the best use of his time to spend all that time with people. And so I'm constantly trying to share his heart and how I experience him with people. I'm using his name often intentionally. And if people think like, oh, you're, you're just the support, or the, the, so be it. That's okay. But I'm constantly trying to be a conduit of his heart that I get to experience to everybody around me. Because they don't get to have the personal as, as often. I mean, he's often out in the courtyard and tons of people and connecting with people. But I get to sit in a room and be like, OK, what's really on your heart? What do you want to see out of this? And so I try to do that. Um, and it's not just quoting, but it's really them getting to see what I get to see. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, and also and in language and to know like that I can trust him because, too, is it's like there's times that he's going to think different. And I know he's going to tell me. But he's not going to go out there and be telling every, everyone else. Yeah. So, and I want that. Like, you don't want, like, I would never want anyone who just agreed with everything. Like, no, if you think different, I want it. Like, I want to know. But after we make a decision, we are aligned. You know, People will never know that it wasn't, you know what I mean? Right. If yeah. I disagree, yeah. that's not. Implementing that it so much me. that they would think it must be his idea. Gosh, yeah. he's so excited about it, you know? Yeah. When they may never know, he completely disagreed. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, massive issues of. I'm talking about, you know, the creative, the certain, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the weekend experience begins before the actual experience. And so moving beyond the parking lot and signs and stuff, one thing we're trying to do is uh, think about how can we manage people's perception, mm-hmm. like during the middle of the week before they even get there. So what are some mm-hmm. things that you guys do via social media or website or, yeah. or whatever to do that? And we have, like, for us, it's not even just creating perception. We have to recreate perception. We've been in our, we've been in West Covina for 39 years. So a lot of people, you know, I was two when the church first started. So we have, yeah, so we're, there are some things we do, but we're still, you know. We're still, in social media, it's been a big shift for us right now. So, I mean, check out our social media, but I will honestly tell you, we're still figuring it out. Because we don't want to just, Pastor Dan always tells us, we just, we don't want to just be slick. Yeah. Like, and sometimes, and he's honest with me, we'll do a big promotion and it looks really, really cool. But what was the win? Like, did we accomplish something or did we just look really cool on social media? So we're honestly, I guess we could unpack this a little bit more. We're trying to figure out throughout, so throughout the week, how do we engage with people on social media? How do we remind them of what God did in their lives? And how do we prep them for the week ahead? Yeah. Those are three things we're doing, but... <laughs> We're figuring out how to do those well. <laughs> We're experimenting. Yeah, good. Yeah. Great questions. Yeah. How long was the uh, transition before you took over? Like, it was. We, we're not doing a, a, a session on transition probably because of that. We actually, it's. We're. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my dad's my hero, and he's, he's amazing. And he's built, I mean, he, he's a legend. Um, but he's not strategic like those. So, you know, when he's like, how, how he's always operated is like, you know, me and the board, everything. Like, so, like weeks uh, on that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but actually, what, so, 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 so then I basically asked him, I was like, okay, well, then let's flip. And almost like kind of in a sense flip roles for a few years. So he's not like he totally could be comfortable golfing and being with grandkids. Like he has no some guys don't don't know what to do, um, and he's not he has no desire to. Yeah, and he, he has opportunities, but he has no desire to travel and speak. And he he loves being a grandpa. He loves golfing, and he's at the church on the front row cheering. And so, um, so he's still like I think the first year I think I had him. He and I spoke about the same number of times this year. He won't speak as much as I do, but it's so it was kind of a little bit transition done backwards. I don't, I don't think we're, I don't think we're the uh, we're definitely not the model to follow uh, on that. So, but part of that is that's just who he is. Like he, it, it takes a very unique person to be a founder. To found, yeah. Like to, like that's not you, you, that's that's got to be in you. That's a that's a very unique gift, and that's the anointing that's been on his life. Um, on that, so it's not it's not how I would want to do things necessarily. It's it's how, it's how he and then you know just like anything, you follow the leader. You know if God calls you, yeah. you, you you know not blindly, but you yeah so yeah so yeah but, yeah. <laughs> 
before you took on the church, um, how would you encourage a church that maybe may be behind the curtain a little bit to inspire someone to, uh, or the head pastor, to have someone like Shadi in, in that position, or to at least be more um, welcoming to those yeah. Transitions and everything that you basically talked about. Yeah. Here's the thing. If the, if the lead pastor person, you guys need to go, by the way, I totally feel we'll in here in a moment. Um, if he's not excited and passionate about it, it's not going to happen. No matter what it is in the church. If, he's, if, if it's not excited about small groups, small groups won't happen. If he's not excited about, if he by he, I mean he or she or whatever, you know, um, he, he's got it. And so it's really until that, I think it's almost working against it. It's finding yeah. out. You know what's on, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but and part of that, I think, yeah, so that's the answer I thought you'd give me. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise, it's gonna occur like you're trying, for instance, let me use this example. I've had, I've had people in the past who've tried to bring me creative examples to set a met to set a, a series on that creative example. Some examples like that's genius, but. I don't feel like I, like God's asking me to preach on that. Like that's a great example. Go go do a little video on that. Put put it on YouTube. You know, uh, like that's really cool. Um, but that's not. So it's really people who see what's on my heart, not just my likes or dislikes. I mean, you know, I love Guns N' Roses, but our, our worship's never going to sound like Guns N' Roses. Right? <laughs> so it's not it's not about my personal preference, but it's about God's purpose on our church and the people coming and aligning with that. So can I close this in prayer here? And then we're here for any other questions on that. God, I thank you so much for your hand that is on each individual in this room. Lord, I thank you that you would take them to areas, to spaces uh, that they never dreamed possible. I thank you that you would give them the boldness to step into seasons that you're calling them into. Lord, I thank you that you would give them the continued character to sustain those seasons. Lord, I thank you that it's not what we want to accomplish, it's who we want to become, and it's who we want to lift up, and that is you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.